Dude, you see that touchdown I scored today? Yep. Hand off. At the line. Stiff arm. Mm-hmm. Spin move. Mm-hmm. Pass the secondary. Yep. Flying Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. Into the end zone. Touchdown. Yeah, but you scored for the wrong team. Yeah. That looked good doing it. see you here. We are on the second week of a message series where we're talking about authentic friends. And the reason we're talking about authentic friends is that nobody wants a fake friend. Nobody does. It, it doesn't wear well. Authentic friends are like real leather, high quality leather. It, it wears really well. It has character. The longer, the longer it lasts, it, it develops character. It gets old and it, it, it hangs in there. Uh, authentic friends are trustworthy because they're real. You, you can count on them. Uh, a friend is someone who desires your best. They want, they want what's best for you. Authentic friends are trustworthy people who desire good for you. And last week we looked at how to develop friendship in a marriage and in a romantic relationship. And next week we're going to look at women. But this week we're going to talk about guys' relationship, guys' friendships. And this is the stuff that you know intuitively, this, this kind of stuff. It's just maybe not something you bring to the forefront of your mind a lot. But women, I hope this helps you understand guys and the way they are a little bit. Last week we looked at how God made... Men and women to be complementary op- opposites, like two corners of a box. And so we are opposites. Opposites attract, but opposites don't always understand each other. So one of the goals for the message is to help, help us understand each other a little better. And, and guys, it's, it's, I'm hoping that this helps us really become more intentional about friendships and the value that, that we find there. Friendship is a part of God's plan for life. He's, he's wired it in. He has, God, the Lord, has definite ideas about how life works. And friendship is to be a key part of the life that he's given us. That's what he desires. Here, here are some of the themes that you find in the Bible from friendships. First of all, friends help each other in difficulty. Ecclesiastes 4, 10 says, If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. That's Friends are there when you hit the deck and you need a hand. That's one of the purposes of friendship. Proverbs 18, 24 says, There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. When a family member is hurting, you feel like you should, you should help them out. When they need some help, you feel like you should help them out. But there are friends 
that God develops around us that that help out and can even be closer than a brother. It's one of the things that happens. And um, one, 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 another verse in Proverbs says, it's better to depend on a friend who is near than a brother afar off. And we need, we need friends around us that we depend on. We go through different stages in life, and God, God intends for us to take the initiative to build these friendships and allow the, the closeness to develop. So friends help each other when it's difficult. Friends also tell each other the truth, even when it hurts. Interesting verse in Proverbs 27, 6. It says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. If, if you have problems going on and you've got enemies around there watching the problems, uh, and you brought these things on yourself, if the, even if the enemy knows that you brought them on yourself and they're in a conversation with you, they're going to say, hey, hey, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's not your fault. You couldn't help it. That's what went on. Why would the enemy say that? Multiply kisses, multiply flattery. Why would they say that? Because they don't want you to learn from your experience. They want you to keep getting knots on your head as you bang your head against the wall trying to make progress in life. When you really aren't. Sometimes we resent the wounds from a friend, but a friend tells you when when you need to hear the truth. They they say, or or maybe uh, an enemy is watching as you make a decision or a choice, and they they don't they don't disagree with you. I think you're right. I think you should do that. They're going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to support you. But a friend, a real friend will will speak up out of love. And that's a risk. Because you, you could you could go off. But they'll they'll speak up out of love in times like this. They will tell you the truth even if it hurts. Because they know the truth restores your equilibrium. You know when you're when you're going around without the truth it's sort of like being drunk. And you're just kind of wobbling around. But the truth can Restore the equilibrium in a situation and help you really begin to see what's going on, what's really going on, and give you some feet under you. So friends are good. Friends are helpful, especially the, the friends, the good friends, the, the authentic ones who will tell you the truth. They're real. They're telling you the truth. Friends are also an emotional anchor. <clears throat> Proverbs seventeen seventeen says, a friend loves at all times, even even when it's tough, even when it's difficult. Sometimes our emotions are soaring all over the place. We're just flying around and and we need we need a friend to help us be anchored to what's going on. A friend can really help you settle down and and just anchor you to reality. They're like an emotional anchor. Psychologists say friendships buffer stress and reduce depression for both men and women. That's, that's the truth. That's the way it is. Friends also add delight to life. Proverbs 27.9 says, Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel. Now, when this was written, 
You couldn't just go to Walmart and buy some perfume. I mean, you had to go out and get all the ingredients and press it into the, the perfume. You had to decide what you were going to do. It was, it was a very valuable thing. And it really helped. And so friends are like that. Friends are, they, they add delight and a pleasant smell in the midst of a stinky world. That's the idea behind that passage. And, and, and it's just like perfume that helps that way. Now, women who have more friends are physically and emotionally healthier than those who don't. They, they live longer. Actually, we're going to look at friendships among women next week. This week we're talking about guys. But friendships are good for all of us. In an article, a recent article in the International Herald Tribune, it said that there was a 10-year Australian study that revealed older people with a large circle of friends were 22% less likely to die during the study period than those with fewer friends. You ever been to a restaurant in the morning or lunch or something, and you're sitting near a table with a bunch of older folks around it? Cindy and I have commented a few times, you know, that's going to be us someday. And I really hope it is. I, I want to wrap up my life with a group of friends that I can hang out with because it's a lot healthier. It's a lot better for you to be going through stuff with a circle of friends. And they found out that you're less likely to die <laughs> as quickly. OK, you're going to die. We know that. But you're less likely to die during the study period <laughs> with, with those with, than those with fewer friends. So it's important. People with friends have been found to have fewer colds. It actually helps your immune system kick in. Uh, in Sweden, they did a study of over 700 middle-aged men. And they found that having friendships reduced their risk of heart attack. It's your, it's your choice, friendship or heart attack. <laughs> Either one. I mean, that's the way it is. It, what, what this tells us, God made us, he wired us together. He intended friendship to be a blessing. And it really is a blessing. It shows up in tangible ways as we develop friendships. But it's so easy to overlook this. Because friendships are a hassle. I have to get outside of myself. I have to work through disappointments. I have to, they start irritating me or you and you. I've got to work through all that stuff. And it's a hassle. So what do we do? We just can let them go. But when we cut off friendships, we, we hurt ourselves. There's a bigger impact than we know. And God wants us to, to have friendships that are a blessing to, to everyone involved. We're going to talk today about how guys do friendships. Guys do friendships in a guy way. <clears throat> and you already know this, but I'm going to talk about some of the characteristics. Ladies, they do friendships in their way. But we do it a completely different way. Men tend to have fewer friends than women. Especially close friendships or best friends. So 
men, we need to be more intentional about building friendships. Our, our tendency is to, to pull back from them. Here are some characteristics of men's friendships. First of all, men's friendships tend to be segmented and activity-centered. We have friends at work, friends at church, friends in the neighborhood, friends on the basketball team. We have friends in different parts of life, and they don't tend to mix all the time. We're, we're sort of segmented. We can do that. That's all right with us, the way we are. It's okay. Men tend to have different kinds of friends. Activity friends, like a, a weekly tennis partner or a golfing buddy. Uh, convenience friends, where the relationship is based on the exchange of favors, like sharing tools or expertise. Maybe I can lay tile, and maybe you can uh, uh, do brickwork. And so I help you with your tile, and you help me with my brickwork. That's the way guys tend to relate. We sort of share these things. And then there's another kind of friend, a mentor friend. Younger guys, many times, will find an older man to get advice from. And so we have, we have different kinds of friends as guys. <clears throat> Women, however, do friendship by sharing information about themselves, their emotions, and their relationships. Not men. It's not how we do friendships. Legends about men and their friendships, legendary friendships in the lore of men, have typically been described in terms of bravery and physical sacrifice in providing assistance to others. This, this stirs the, a guy's heart, like brave heart, man. You see, you see uh, William Wallace and his friends. At the end of that at, at, at the end of that movie, I just wanted to go make something right. You know, you see, he's dying. He's just, and you see all the, they snap around to all the guys, all of his friends. You're like, yeah, I think that's cool. I want to do that. That's how guys are wired. The Band of Brothers, the TV series, that's, that just gets us going. My brother-in-law, Bob, was in Vietnam, and he said, men don't fight for freedom back home when you're in a war you're fighting for the guy next to you that's what you fight for and that that creates a bond that just guys just this is how it works rarely are the legends about men's friendships at the core of those legends rarely do they talk about sharing about themselves, their emotions, or their relationships. If they do, that's a little suspect. <laughs> um, another thing about men, men conduct friendship by doing something. I'd like to show you a clip from Open Range uh, with Kevin Costner and Robert Duvall. It's a story about two guys who worked together for a long time. They're cattlemen. They worked together for a long time, and currently in the, in the scene... They've been fighting together to bring justice in a town that's been overrun by an evil guy named Baxter. And they come to the point where they could die. They're, they're about to go into the gunfight. They, they could die. I want you to listen to their conversation. Uh, 
care of that issue a long time ago. <laughs> They're about to die. Oh, by the way, what's your real name? We've been working together all these years. It's the way guys are. It's a detail. Someone said women relate face to face and men relate side to side. It's a very good, very good uh, insight. Instead of sharing personal information, Men develop deeper relationships by doing things that emphasize activities and companionship, like hunting, fishing, pick-up basketball. I know guys who played in pick-up basketball games for years. They never do anything after the game, like get around to share about stuff. They're just, they're just basketball buddies. This is what we do. Men build closeness in the doing of things. They, they do stuff with their pals, like backpacking or rebuilding car engines or whatever. This is how we get close. Men express closeness by helping each other, assisting with investment advice or lending tools or whatever it is. This is, this is how we relate. Men also express affection through razzing and backslapping. This is what ha- We have to watch the razzing because... It can hurt, especially if you're a father and you have a son. I can remember a couple times as my son was coming up where I said something. I, I was just joking, and it really, it really cut him. So I had to take responsibility for that and ask him to forgive me. You have to watch that. You have to watch the rather. This is what we do. When men talk, they avoid deeply personal things. They prefer topics like cars and sports. This is no shocker, I I realize. There's not a lot of talk about what they're feeling right now. It's not a lot. One younger lady in in an article I read was talking about her husband. She said, you know, he's maintained good friendships over the years. And they can talk endlessly. She was amazed by this. They can talk endlessly about whatever computer game is their current obsession. They spend hours sharing information about the biggest monster defeated without once mentioning personal lives, careers, health, or, or state of mind. She was amazed by that. That's how guys do, do things. That's how we do relationships. Men may be silent for a time. When men talk, there could be silence. One older guy writes, this is in Time magazine, I think it was an editorial, he says, the silence of men in general is over-talked about and over-criticized. 
To be sure, men never open up as much as women want them to, but there is a wordless understanding in which we function fairly well, especially in friendships. There are a dozen guys whom I count as friends and who would do the same with me, yet months pass without our speaking. And even when we do, we don't. The push for men to express their feelings presumes that we have feelings. (laughs) And And we do have a few. But they remain submerged, and the airing of them often violates their authenticity. We are, as a gender, as dull as we seem. (laughs) One can make us talk counter to our genetic makeup, but it is like training kangaroos to box. It's mildly entertaining, but pointless. (laughs) What, What he's getting at is, this is the way men are. This is the way we are. And what that means for us, guys, is... Well, it's important to understand this. It's crucial for men to learn to talk about life at a deeper level. It's not naturalist. We have to learn to do that. Because if we never learn to talk about what it means to be a husband, what it means to be a father, or whatever's happening in our lives, we miss out. We miss out on a, on a lot of help that God intended in our friendships. It's not easy to, to, to learn this. But if you're not intentional, you miss a bunch of help that God intended you to have. I get real help. I have friends here. I have friends around the country that I talk to in different places. And, and they're, they're ongoing friends. They're friends that um, God has given me that I'm blessed with. And whenever I talk about, if I hit a problem, I get stuck, I start laying these things out, fatherhood, work, whatever it is, I I start laying it out, and I always get help. I I see things I didn't see. I I miss stuff. I miss it. And so I I begin to see. There's an old word called that's circumspect, to be circumspect. We don't talk about that much, but what it means is to, to see every part of an issue, see all around the issue. Friends are designed to help you with that. If you don't take your problems and if you don't take things to friends and talk them over, you're missing out on a lot that God intended for you to have. So this is very important. Getting around a group of guys is crucial for you. Now, right now in church life, the best place to do that is at Vantage Point, at least at CIB. So there are groups of guys that meet and discuss things. And they're doing things to try to accomplish our mission here at Church and Valley. They've got stuff going on. It's a great way to plug in and begin to build relationships. You aren't going to have to spill your guts at that, in that meeting, but it will be good for you to get around guys who are trying to be godly men, men who are really making a difference and changing and becoming more like Christ. In, in the interest of honesty, I have to tell you that Attending a church service is not enough to grow toward being the man that God made you to be. You you need friendships. You need relationships with the right kind of guys who are going to challenge you to move on. Those friends who will, you know, poke you, maybe hurt you a little bit when you need it. 
So here's some of God's guidance for forming friendships. We're going to wrap up with this this morning. First of all, choose your friends carefully. Your friends are going to shape your life. Proverbs 27:17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We need to pick friends who are going to shape our life better. And we got to think about that. Because who we run with, guys tend to have a posse. And the posse we run with shapes our future. You pick your friends and you pick your future. Proverbs 13, 20, he who walks with the wise grows wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Boy, I've, I've done that. <laughs> Early on, I've done that. So screen out the wrong kind of friends. Angry friends teach you anger. There's some verses with these statements in the listening guide that you can look up later. Foolish friends bring trouble. And bad company ruins good morals. Third thing about friendship, trust and verify. We've all been burned. We've been disappointed. Um, But to have friends, you've got to trust. And we... We understand this here at Church and Valley, as you develop, if you're new to the congregation, as you develop a relationship with the church, you have to, you have to be cautious. You have to move slowly, check things out, verify. It's, that's, that's how it is in relationships, in friendships. You, you have to verify the, the, whether this person's trustworthy to have an authentic friend. Proverbs 14:15. A gullible person believes anything, but a sensible person watches his step. You'll need to trust in order to develop friends, but you have to be wise in in the way you go about that. Because there are deceptive friends who will betray you. There just are. The Bible is very real about this stuff. It, 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 It shows you all angles. As you get into the scripture, you you get equipped. To handle everyday life, real life, the way it is, not the way we want it to be. This is not Pollyanna pie in the sky stuff that you find in Scripture. This is very helpful stuff. So we need to trust and verify. Fourth, if you want friends, associate. Proverbs 18.1, he who keeps himself separate for his private purpose goes against all good sense. You have to get off the couch and get with guys and do something. You stay alone because you want to do your stuff. And you don't really want to be bothered by other guys about your stuff. If, if you're alone and you fall, though, you are in trouble. You need friends to help you when you fall. It is bad sense not to have friends. You know, we lose friends when we move when we change jobs or when we quit playing a certain sport and we don't add friends because it's a lot of effort and we need to be intentional. If you want friends, you have to choose to associate with people around you. This is what it is. How it is for all of us and guys, friendships. Now they, they, you know, a real close friendship among guys. What is that called now? It's a bromance. Yeah, really? Come on. That's because we've, we've moved in about 15 years ago. We moved into an 
era, we, and we may not be able to go back, where there's, all of our relationships are tainted with this sexual thing. And it's, that's not, that doesn't have to be the case. That's not the perspective of Scripture. And, um, you know, I understand we can just joke about bromances. But we, we hurt ourselves. I mean, there's a really good close relationship between David and Jonathan in the Scripture that looking back, some people have, have said was a gay relationship. That's, that's revisionist history. David was the man who was picked by God to become the king. Jonathan was the heir apparent. Jonathan sacrificed his role and, and uh, campaigned for David, really. He fought with David, fought for David, and God knit their hearts together. We shouldn't taint that because that's what we need. We need relationships man-to-man where our hearts are knit together, where we're going to live in the world to do something that counts in that world. So this is a very important thing that I'm talking about. If you want friends, associate. Don't pull back. Show up at places where you can make the right kind of friends. Now, finally, here's the last thing. You can be the friend of God. This is an amazing thing to me. Jesus said this in John 15. You are my friends if you do what I command. If you yield your life to follow Christ and do what he says, you can become a friend of God. An amazing thing. There's some next steps listed on your listening guide, and they're also on your connection card. If you intend to take one of these steps, we'd love to know about it. You can fill it out, just check it off on your connection card, drop it in the offering when it comes by. But first step could be to memorize Proverbs 18.1, to remind you not to separate yourself. A second step could be that you want to take initiative to grow friendships, healthy friendships. You want to associate, get out there and, and find places. And then another step could be, for the first time, I'll decide to follow Christ. You, you want to yield yourself to follow, to follow him. And then, uh, I don't think this was mentioned earlier, if, if you've committed your life to Christ recently, we're going to have a baptism next week on the 27th right after worship, about 1 o'clock. If, if you're interested in being baptized, you can let us know on the back of that card. Just write, if your name's on the front, just write baptized on the back. What baptism is, is it's an outward symbol of the inward decision that you've made to follow Christ. And it's a step that we take in order to um, identify ourselves with Christ and with his body of believers that he's given us. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the truth that we find in your word and for the way that you use it to help us to keep our feet under us in life. You use it to help us establish the right equilibrium, God. And I pray that as we've heard your truth, that you would give us the power and the grace that we need to take the steps that we intend to take as a result of hearing the truth. Because as we do that, we gain understanding of you more and more as we follow you. Lord, we ask for your help and for your guidance and for your power in all this. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.